You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. A difficult choice, a difficult choice, from Matthew 19, verses 16 through 26. Today, on Words of Encouragement. Uh, What a blessing it is just to be in the house of the Lord this morning with you. Uh, I don't know how your week went. I know how my week went. I know that my week was busy, busy. Uh, and I know that some of you had a busy, busy week. I know that some of you uh, checked on, you visited with doctors this past week and checked on them. I know some of you did that. Um, but, uh, and I know a lot of running around happens in a week. But it's good to be able to gather together in the name of Jesus and come together and worship Him. Uh, there's nothing I look forward to more than being in this place on a Sunday with you. And so it's a delight. Uh, it is a delight to me. I have entitled this sermon, A Difficult Choice. Have you ever had a hard word from someone? What do I mean by that? A hard word. Like someone told you some tough news and they gave you two options and you really didn't like either one of them. Ever been there where you had to make a decision and both options were just not one you wanted to do? I know that when we were, uh, uh, one of the parenting techniques that, is re- that works really well is uh, to give a child options. Uh, let the child have an option because they, they, you know, they're learning and they want to make a choice. And so if you give them some options to choose from, they feel like, hey, I've, made, I've got a little strength here, I've got a little power, I've got a little, you know... I have a decision I can make. And so you can either go to bed right now or you can wait five minutes. Choice. A choice. A choice. The child can make the choice. Well, I want five more minutes. Okay, great. Five minutes is up. We go to bed. I mean, but it's interesting. But, but it, and for a child, sometimes it's like, oh, well, now wait a minute. Well, no, but I am getting some more time, so this is a good choice. But the the goal is to go to bed. (laughs) The goal is to get the child to bed. The goal is, okay, look, we're going to bed. That's that's a non-negotiable. Here it is. Wait five minutes or go to bed right now. And so sometimes we in life have decisions that we are given, and when we're given them, we don't like either choice. We don't like either option. We look at that and say, oh, I don't want to do either one of these. But I've got to choose one of them, so I've got to make a choice. Well, this morning we're going to talk about a man who had a choice, a very difficult choice to make, and we're going to see how that choice worked out. If you are able and you are willing, I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Matthew, it's, uh, let's see, Matthew 18, uh, Matthew 18 verses, let's see, you know what, it is 19, (laughs) ha ha, okay, Matthew chapter 19 verses 16, uh, and we'll look at uh, verse 16 and 17, and then we will walk through this passage together this morning. Uh, So this may not match up here. Uh, All right. And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good, But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. I invite you to be seated. 
I went back and forth on this passage of Scripture. This passage shows up in Matthew's Gospel, Mark's Gospel, and Luke's Gospel. And so you put them all together, you have a complete picture, a pretty complete picture of what happened, but I, I chose Matthew's. Finally, I came down and chose Matthew's, uh, but I forgot to tell myself on the slides there. <laughs> but that's okay. The first thing we see here is a ruler comes to Jesus with a question. A ruler comes to Jesus with a question. Now, he, at least he knew where to go to ask the question that he had. He did go to the right person. He comes uh, seeking eternal life. He truly wants to know that he will be okay when he leaves this world. He wants to know. What is it? He says, Teacher, what good things shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? There's got to be something I can do, this man thinks. Something he can do. Uh, so he comes. He wants to make preparation for when he leaves this world. Repeat after me. There is... Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with making preparation for when you leave this world. Because look, there is a heaven, there is a hell. And if you are trusting in Jesus for your salvation, if you have put your faith in Him, asked Him to come into your heart, to be in charge of your life, then you have made preparation to go to heaven. And so this man comes to Jesus asking, you know, there, there's something, I, there's a good thing, what good thing can I do? Hmm. Each of us need to be in right relationship with God. Each of us need to know where we're headed when we leave this world. There are many who are thinking about heaven. There are people who are, who are out there assuming they will go just simply because all people go to heaven is what they think. All people believe, you know, well, we're just all going there. Well, I don't know about that. The Bible doesn't teach that all of us are going. The Bible teaches that those who trust in Jesus are going. But there are many who wish to go to heaven and they feel that there is something they can do. There is some act they can perform and then they can go. There's just something that they can do that will ensure their passageway into heaven. Notice this man has this idea that there's something he can do to get eternal life. Notice he's not asking, how can I be saved? He's not asking, how can my sins be forgiven? He's asking, how can I have eternal life? How, how, how can I have, obtain eternal life? That's what he's asking. If it is true that there's something you can do to get eternal life, don't you think that we'd all be doing it? Oh, if there, it, it, look, if you had to... If you had to uh, Let's just, let's just come up with something crazy, but let's just say that if you all you had to do to get eternal life was to go and buy a loaf of bread and give it to somebody else, don't you think everybody would just go run and do that? I would think they would. Oh, I want to go to heaven. All I got to do is buy a loaf of bread and give it to somebody. I can do that. I'll do that. It's something that we can take ownership of. It's something that we have done. The problem with that is there is nothing we can do to obtain eternal life. But this man has this idea that there's certainly there's something. Certainly there is something. But there's not enough good deeds, no acts of kindness, smarticle particles, or logic that can win one's way into heaven. But this man thinks that there's just, there just might be something. There just might be something he can do that would 
open up that passageway for him to heaven. Obviously, he is unaware of how someone obtains eternal life. I do think this man is very sincere. I think this man wants eternal life. I think this man has to have eternal life. He wants it. And he comes to Jesus thinking, I will ask him, he will tell me, and then I can go and do whatever it is I need to do, and I can have eternal life. He is sincere. He truly wants to know what he can do. Look at verse 17. And he said to him, why are you asking me about what is good? Why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one who is good, but if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, Jesus responds to this man who thinks there is something good he can do, and this man's question has located goodness in his proposed good deed. So what he has done, what this man is doing, he is, he is thinking in his mind that there is a human act that can obtain for him eternal life. As if we humans could do something good enough or big enough to impress God. Now that would be, that would be something. A God who's all-knowing. A God who loves us, a God who is all-seeing, a God who knows everything about us and knows everything that's going on in our world. As if we could do something that would impress God enough to say, for God to say, Hey, you did good. I've no, ha, that was good. You come on into heaven. That was amazing. I've no, I just can't believe you could do that. God knows what we can and cannot do. There's no way we can impress Him. There's no way we can be good enough to do something good enough <laughs> to get eternal life, to obtain eternal life. This man comes at this, at this eternal life as if it was something he could do, he could obtain by himself. But in absolute terms, only one is good. Human goodness is, is relative to the goodness of God. And so goodness is to be found not in our own resources, but in accepting His standards and reflecting His character. The, any good that we are able to do comes from God. God has enabled us to do it. I mean, we think, oh, well, I'll just do this good thing. Well, no, the, 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 the fact that you even thought about doing something good is something that comes from God. He's placed it in your mind. And so we look and we think this man says, well, there's something I can do. Surely there's something I can do. It is through keeping God's commandments, not through good deeds of our own devising, that we enter life. Now, I don't want us to mishear this. Keeping the commandments functions as a pointer to the absolute goodness of the one who gave them. Okay? Keeping the commandments functions as a pointer to the absolute goodness of the one who gave them. Only God is good. The word keep here means to conform one's actions or practices to. Keep the commandments. So you're, you're allowing yourself to be formed by the commandments. You are, you are following them, yes. But this is not all there is. Look at verses 18 and 19. So the man says, then he said to him, which ones? Which commandments do I keep, teacher, Jesus? What, 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 which ones do I keep? And Jesus said, you shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. 
You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So this man gets very technical. If If the teacher's telling him, I've got to obey the commandments, which ones? I want to know. You hear the, 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 the sincerity of this man. You hear his heart as he is asking, which ones? I want to know which ones. Which ones do I need to, to follow? Is there some that are more important than others? What is it? And so Jesus lists a few. He tells them the fifth through the ninth commandments. These deal with how we treat people. Very interesting how we treat people. So uh, these can be... Well, he leaves off the 10th commandment. Uh, Jesus does. These five commandments, though, that he mentions are to be observed by others in a person. All right? In other words, I can be, ama- I can be made aware. Oh, uh, you know, look, if I murder someone, somebody's going to know. So, and that will be, I will be made aware of that if I do it. I will know I've done it. And that is something that people, you know, that's going to be found out. Uh, If I commit murder, committing adultery, sooner or later, that catches up. Stolen, stealing things. Oh, that's going to catch up sooner or later, too. People are going to know, talk about it. Uh, Maybe I've, uh, I've, uh, maybe I've, what's the past tense of, of, of bear? Born? I've borne false witness against a neighbor. I've told some things that aren't true about a neighbor. People are going to know that right away. If they know the neighbor, they're going to know that. Honor my father and mother. Well, that's going to be obvious, something people can observe and see. Hmm. I can watch you and see signs that you love your neighbor as yourself. These are observable commandments that Jesus talks about in the life of this man and in the life of us, in our lives, too. These are observable. You can kind of see these. You can kind of watch for these. Look at verse 20. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept, what am I still lacking? Oh, wow. 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 He's kept these commandments. He's made them a part of his life, according to him. This man seems to understand that 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 is not enough, though, because he seems to feel there's something else. And there is. It's not just keeping the commandments. Being a Christian is not following the law. It's focusing on the law. That's all I think about. The law, the law, the commandment. No, 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 no. Being a Christian is following Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, when we follow Him, we will fulfill the law. We will do what's right. If we follow Him, if we trust in Him, if we listen to His voice in our lives... Oh, yes, we will be okay. But if we focus on the law, we're not focusing on Jesus. And if we focus on the law, we become like the Pharisees who focus on the law and watched everybody and made sure everybody was doing it, doing the right thing all the time. And if they weren't, they made sure that they knew about it. Goodness, we're supposed to focus on Jesus. Well, this man feels there's something else he needs to do. I've, I've kept these commandments you've told, talked about Jesus. I've kept these. What... But there's something lacking. What am I still lacking, he asks. What is it that I need to do? This man is centered on the fact in his mind, and it's true, that there's something else. You can follow some rules to the best of your ability, but that's not getting you eternal life. 
That's not getting you eternal life. You're not obtaining eternal life just because you were a good boy, a good girl. You came to church and you followed the rules. That, that, that doesn't get you into heaven. Jesus gets you into heaven. Trusting in Christ gets you to heaven. Following the little rules and being a good little boy as best you can be, a good little girl as best you can be, that doesn't get you to heaven. We've got to place our faith in Christ. Look at verse 21. Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Ooh. Oh. And all, those, and all those who are materialistic people said, oh. <laughs> Had a friend of mine in college, read this passage of scripture, felt that he needed to get rid of everything. Started selling and giving away all he had and is out of his dorm room. And we said, Mark, I, I, buddy, I, I don't know that that's exactly what the Bible's saying here. Oh, I just feel like I need to give it away because I, I, I need to follow Jesus. I'm just going to give everything I have away. And I thought, oh boy, oh, I, I think we've got to be careful about what we're looking at and make sure we interpret the Bible right as best we can. But in verse 21, Jesus gives him something to do. Oh, yes, he does. Jesus says to him, if you wish to be complete, if this is what you want to be, if you wish to be uh, perfect, the word perfect means complete. So if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Eternal life does not come from doing anything the point of what Jesus is saying here is follow me. If you want to say that's doing something, that's a, it's a following Jesus is what it is. Follow him. Is this man willing to give up all that he has to have eternal life? Is this man willing to give up all that he has and follow Jesus? Now, Jesus, the Bible is, Jesus is not saying to you and to me, we've got to give up everything to follow Jesus. We just, we've got to get rid of everything. I want to see a, I want to see a uh, yard sale tomorrow in everybody's yards, all right? I want to see everybody giving everything up because that's how you're going to follow Jesus. That's not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is we ought to be willing to give up everything we have in order to follow him. If something we have stands between us and Jesus, it, it, it's blocking Jesus. It's blocking our view of Jesus. It's blocking our worship of Jesus. We're not seeing Jesus. We're not focusing on Jesus if we're focusing on our material possessions. And I know, oh man, there are people, they, they live to get what they can get. I, you know, preacher, we only go once, we only go one round in this world. We ought to get everything we can get while we're here. Only to... Lose it all when you die. Okay, I don't understand. <laughs> you can have all the material possessions in the world, but so what? Look, if you don't have any friends, if you don't have Christian friends, if you don't have a church family, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, man, all the stuff in the world's not going to amount to anything in your life. You're just going to have it. Oh, but I got the latest. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, it's supposed to be impressive. See, it's new. Yeah, that's nice. I'm glad you got the newest. Yeah, I mean, I got the old one and it works and I'm good. <laughs> but it's amazing how, how materialistic people can be. And, and look, I mean, 
points finger, pastor points fingers at himself too. Hey, we all have a touch of materialism, don't we? We all have some things that we really grasp hold of. The, the thing is, we do not allow those to get between our relationship with, Jesus, with us and Jesus. We can't allow that. That's where there's a problem. So here we go. Jesus, uh, following Jesus, committing one's life to Christ. That's what leads a person to eternal life. Nothing a person can do to obtain it by himself. He just can't. Jesus provides it. He offers it to us. He says, look, I've got forgiveness in my hands. I've got salvation in my hands. I I am offering it to you. You have sinned. That's just the, the truth. None of us here in this place are, are without sin. Each one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We do not deserve to be blessed by God because we're sinners. But God says, I love you. I love you and I've got forgiveness and salvation in my hand. I want to offer it to you. Will you take it? I'm offering it to you. I'm not forcing it on you. I'm not saying you have to take it, but I am saying I want to forgive you of your sins. I want to be in charge of your life. I want to show you a life that you could never have any other way. Here it is. Will you take it? And Jesus offers it. And so this is what's happening here in this passage. Jesus is saying to this man, look, I know you got a problem. You've got a problem with your possessions. You've got a problem with your, the stuff that you have and own. And it, listen, oh man, you've got to do something about this. Jesus provides this salvation, but we must be willing to accept it. You can do, you, me, we, none of us can, can do anything to inherit earn, or earn eternal life. Eternal life comes out of fo- uh, choosing to follow Jesus. All right, that's how it comes. The the next thing we see, the ruler is given a difficult choice. Look at verse 22. It says, but when the young man heard this statement, oh man, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. He had a lot of possessions. He had a lot of stuff. When this man heard this statement, he went away grieving. As much as he wanted the wealth, of eternal life. He could not give up his own great wealth to obtain eternal treasure. This choice for him was difficult. Why was it so difficult? His possessions possessed him. That's the problem. He was possessed by his possessions. He didn't have the stuff. The stuff had him. And that's what was important. And that's what he had and his stuff. Oh, he had a lot of stuff and it was great. And he knew, God knew that this stuff was going to be a hindrance. It was going to be something he was going to trip over unless he gave it all up. And Jesus says, look, go and sell all that you have. This, this man, he was possessed by himself. And he failed in his unwillingness to surrender all to follow Jesus. He failed to learn that all gain begins with loss. Repeat after me. It is not good to be possessed by my possessions. In order for this man to have eternal life, he must be willing to forsake all and follow Jesus. This is the call to all men and women through the ages. Whatever it is that is hindering us from following Jesus must be put away or minimized to the point where Jesus is more important than it is. Yeah. 
hear me when I say that Jesus is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. I think I just stepped on my own toes this morning. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. This man, the Bible says, went away grieving. He was sorrowful, for he was one who owned much property. He had great possessions. Well, yeah, they had him. After the man went away, Jesus turns to his disciples. Look at verse 23. It says, And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now notice, he does not say a rich man can't go to heaven. That's not what he's saying. But he does say it's difficult. Because many who have like having and do not know how to share or do not know what to do with what they've been blessed with. Some people are rich and they love what they have more than they do Jesus. Look at verse 24. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> now look, look at this. Oh my. He makes it, he, he hits it again and he makes it clear that it is very difficult for a rich man to enter heaven because he loves his stuff. Now, now look, you, you say, well, there's nothing really funny in the Bible. Well, my goodness, a camel going through an eye of a needle? That's kind of odd. That's kind of impossible. It's almost, I mean, I think that's impossible. That's impossible. Jesus goes to great lengths to show how difficult it is for someone who is materialistic, hanging onto their stuff to get to heaven. Look at verse 25. When the disciples heard this, they were very astonished, and they said, well, then who can be saved? Well, where in the world did this come from? Well, in that day, if people had, you know, you had people who did not have, you had people who had, though people who had were looked at as blessed people. Now, my boys and I love to laugh about this because sometimes people will post a picture online of their brand new car, and they'll put hashtag blessed. You know, blessed, you know, look, you know, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, uh, uh, that's, uh, wow. And so the, the, the thought process is continuing even then to 2023, where we as people look at others who have and say, oh, they're blessed. They're blessed. And we just think, wow, they got a lot of stuff. Well, in that day, the people that looked at others who had stuff thought, well, God has blessed them, and they are as surely they're going to heaven. They got a lot of stuff. God has blessed them with a lot of stuff, so they're going to heaven. That was the thought process back in that day. And so these disciples say, well, wait a minute. If it's hard for a rich man to get to heaven, then who can be saved? Who, who can even go to heaven? Oh, my goodness, this is really scary here for them. They don't understand. How can anybody be saved? How, I mean, my goodness, what, how, how, who can be saved, they ask. Hmm, the rich man can't make it. Who, who can? I love verse 26. Look at it. And looking at them, Jesus said to them, now I love that too. <laughs> Matthew points out, Jesus looks at them. <laughs> now I don't know what kind of look he gave them. I, 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 I would exaggerate the look probably. I probably wouldn't give the right look. 
But listen, when you're talking to someone and you say, look at me, and you want to see them eye to eye, you're about to say something that's probably pretty important. Amen? I mean, is that right? Is that how that works in your home? Is that how it works? I mean, you know, if I'm about to say something important, I want your attention. And I want to look at you. And so it says, Jesus, I love this, and looking at them, Jesus said to them, with people, this is impossible. Now, what's he talking about? Talking about a rich man going to heaven. With people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Oh, oh. So, 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 so who gets, so how does somebody go to heaven? Because they, they did a lot of good stuff? Is somebody going to heaven because they were able to do a lot of nice good deeds and got recognized on KNOE or something for doing a good deed or something? I mean, what, what is that? That's not, that's not what's happening. That's not what happens. Eternal life comes from God. It is His work. Not us. Not us. It tells them He looks at them. Jesus looks at them, made a facial contact with them, and it's recorded for us today. He wanted them to hear what he was going to say. And what he's saying is that man cannot make it on his own merit. Man cannot earn his way, pay his way, or be good enough to pave his own way to heaven. There is no, look, I, I, I have heard people say things like this. I've heard people say, well, you know, I give to the church, surely that money will get me there to heaven. I mean, look, you don't pay your way to heaven. I can't pay my way to heaven. Could you imagine the cost if we had to pay our way to heaven? Could you imagine? I mean, looky there. What would We would each have to have a little book of accounts, and we'd have to keep good records. Now, look, we've got a great secretary that keeps good records. But you, you know, you would keep a record too. Okay, look, all right. If it, but where's the amount? Where is the amount? How much does it cost for us to be able to go to heaven? How much do we have to raise in our lifetime? How much would we have to give to a church to go to heaven? Look, it, it, it costs more than any amount of money we could ever come up with in our life. Jesus, it took the death of Christ on the cross to provide for you and for me salvation. It took the life of God's Son in order to provide the way. He paid the cost. Oh, man, what a God. He loves us this much. It's up to Him. With, all, with God, all things are possible. That's what Jesus says. Jesus is saying, this man, this young ruler, he can go to heaven if he will give up all that he has because that's his problem. He needs to deal with his sin, his sin of coveting, his sin of loving stuff more than Jesus. He needs to, get, he needs to deal with that. And what did Jesus say? Come follow me. He said, come follow me. The man just couldn't do it. He grieved. He was sorrowful. It was just too much too much for him. There's hope for the rich person. There's hope for the poor person. There's hope for the sinful person. Nothing is impossible with God. Jesus is pointing to God as the author and finisher of a person's faith. This man went away sorrowful, grieving because he loved his stuff too much. Where are you today? 
Are you willing to give up all that you have to follow Jesus? Will you have to? Probably not. But if your possessions have you, you may have to make some adjustments in your life. God desires to be first in our life. Too many times we allow other things to sit on the throne of our lives. We allow other things to be in charge of our lives, to sit on the throne of our life and to dictate how we live and how we act. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're a materialistic person, you're thinking, oh, yeah, I got to, okay. Oh, oh, Apple, Apple uh, is going to make a new announcement about their new phone. Oh, I got to make sure I get one of those. Oh, Apple, oh, they're going to do this. Oh, they got a new bass boat. Oh, I got to get one of those. What's dictating how you live? Are you living and you're working to get stuff? Or are you living and following Jesus and allowing Him to lead you and Him to guide you? Is the stuff leading you or is Jesus? If we've given our lives to God, we've moved off the throne and we've allowed God to sit there. God to sit there. It's His spot. That's His spot. God's spot is on the throne of your life. Are you guilty of dethroning Him? Are you guilty of dethroning Him in your life? Have you allowed work, family, material possessions to sit in His spot? As a pastor, as a friend, do not let that happen. Don't let that happen. Don't let anything sit in the, in, in the throne of your life but God. Let Him be in charge. Let Him rule. Will you do that? Let him do that. There's nothing you can do to inherit or earn eternal life. Eternal life comes out of choosing to follow Jesus. What will you choose? The things of this world are following Jesus. It's a choice we each have to make. And it's tough. It's difficult. Should it be? No. But it's difficult because we're human beings. And we get caught up in the stuff of this world. We get caught up in, in, in the shiny things of this world and we want to hold on to those and we want those. One day, we have to make a choice. Follow Jesus or follow stuff. What will you do? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, you showed your love to us through Christ's death on the cross. You certainly proved how much you loved us by allowing your son to die for us in our place. The Bible teaches that and tells us that our sins were placed upon Jesus. We do not have to go to hell. We can go to heaven if we will trust in Jesus. What he did on that cross made it possible for us to be forgiven. And Father, I pray if there's somebody here this morning that that is hearing your voice in their heart and knows that, yes, I need to be forgiven of my sins. I need Jesus in charge of my life. Maybe today you need to make that decision. If you've heard the voice of Jesus calling, if you've heard the Master's voice in your heart, I'm praying that you will respond. This is the most important decision you will ever make as a human being, what to do with Jesus. What will you do? Will you follow him? Father, we thank you for your love and the way you showed it to us. And Father, I pray for those who have heard your voice today. Hopefully in some way you have used me. And God, you've spoken in spite of me. 
and you've spoken to a heart today. Father, I pray that, Lord, you would move in that heart. Continue speaking to that heart, Father. If they need to make a decision, they would do that today. Maybe somebody's here here that is here this morning that just has some questions. They've got questions. What I need to know more about this, Jesus. Please help them to know that I'm here. We have others who are here that are willing to talk to them. Father, thank you for your love and for your grace and for your mercy and for your justice, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today for words of encouragement. We hope that this has been a word of encouragement for you. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, you can always go to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. We're located in Louisiana. Uh, we are south of uh, I-20, uh, so that gives you a little bit of direction there. Uh, we're south of I-20 on the east side of the state, uh, and um, so that's how you, you will find us if you just put us in your GPS. If you're ever passing through, uh, we are at 502 Highland Street in Winsboro, Louisiana. That's 71295. And we'd love to meet you if you're ever out and about over uh, our way. Uh, we would love for you to worship with us uh, some Sunday. Uh, but if, the, if these words of encouragement, if this podcast has uh, meant something special to you, would you just let us know? Drop us a line. Email us at fbcwboro at gmail.com and let us know. Uh, let us know if we have been in some way an encouragement to you. That's our goal. We want to point you to Jesus, and we want to encourage you in that relationship. Uh, so please uh, check us out at fbcwinsboro.com, and you'll find a lot of your uh, of the answers that you may have to questions, actually to questions that you may have. Uh, and so if you have any that are not on the website, that are not answered on the website, uh, just email us through that website and ask away. <laughs> We're here for you. Remember, God loves you, and he expressed it on the cross when he sent his son Jesus to die for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, this has been Words of Encouragement.